Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey everybody, welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower, here with my co-host, sister, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. How are you? Oh my gosh, I'm I'm good. My my college kid is home, and my, and my daughter, oh, my other is? daughter is home. Yep. Oh, I didn't realize she was so, home. Well, That's great. I should say one of my college kids is home. Yeah, I have, actually I have two of my kids under the same roof, which hasn't wow. happened well, since Christmas, and I'll get to be with all three of them over the weekend. So kind of fun. Yeah. Well, good. Uh, did did you get a little rest once you no. found out that the defense and the prosecution have rested? Everybody's resting. I didn't get any rest. No. Uh, yeah, I didn't either. But um, I'm gonna need some when we're done with all this. <laughs> oh my gosh, me too. But I have one quick public plea. Ah. Uh. I figured you guys might be the best way to crowd a, to crowd a hive mind this. Okay. I need a basset hound puppy. And I need one that doesn't cost a gazillion dollars, though that may be able to be worked out. But I have I such a brokenhearted daughter over her dog that died in January. Know. You know, just coming home, the reality of her coming home to that dog not being here yeah. has been a hard day. And mm-hmm. I, she really wants a new basset puppy, but... The only puppies we have found around here, but we haven't found any around here. I mean, you cannot find them. So if any of you know of any Basset puppies within a five-state radius, like around me, around Idaho, please let me know. The only one we have found here is in Boise, and she's $3,500. Oh, good Lord. I just, I cannot. But I still really want to. Anyway, that's all. Quick plug, because I know you guys will get a lot of this. And Phyllis, they did not. They took second place in the region, so they are done. Yeah, they fought clear to the title game, but dropped it six to two or six to four. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's all. Okay. (laughs) Am I totally unrelated to uh, this case? Pass along any resources you may have. Yes, please do. But you guys, the prosecution rested. We're going to get to all of it, but we have to just say it. Okay. The state finished their case today. And per, I think, really what I was expecting to happen, this, the uh, defense also rested. Lori is not testifying and they are calling no witnesses. Mm-hmm. Now, they have said 
that they don't believe that the prosecution has made their case. And I cackled laughing my ass off when I read that. Mm-hmm. Um, Pretty arrogant, too. Very arrogant. There are We're not bringing a defense. We don't need to. We don't need to. I mean, did you hear those text messages from yesterday? They couldn't even bring an expert witness in to argue about that hair. Right. They couldn't even be bothered to do that. I know. I really thought we'd at least see that. That we would at least see... I don't know anything or there's a lot of argument around like the geofencing technology and some of the phone GPS technology and how accurate is it really? So I thought we were going to see an expert in that area too. Mm -hmm. Um, They've threatened some things that they are not doing. And I, I will tell you, and this has been my, this has been my theory since the beginning of the trial. I don't think they care because they know she's going to be convicted and then they're going to try to fight this on appeal. Yep. I really think that's what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. And that they're going to let what happens happen. And then they're going to try to fight this on appeal because they think that, you know, all the hearsay stuff should never have gotten in and they're going to argue all of that stuff in appeal. Mm-hmm. The thing is, if the, if the prosecution has proven their case and has proven the conspiracy, then that, does mean that that negates that hearsay argument. So mm-hmm. there's a lot. There's a lot to talk about. And we're going to get into all of it now. But but there's no way to not talk about this. No. We're at the end of this trial. Yeah. Now, I want to point out one thing quickly. When Archibald said what he said, mm-hmm. he said, after consulting with my client, we yep. don't believe the state has proven its case, so the defense rests. That's important mm-hmm. that he, they have been extremely careful to make sure that they were upholding Lori's constitutional rights. And that statement means a lot. That means she agreed to it. That mm-hmm. this was her decision. That makes it a little less hard to, or that makes it a little harder to appeal and to fight because she agreed to it. She's been yeah. on. I've seen a lot of people asking, and I saw someone in this chat too, wondering if this is a way to, uh, for her to be able to claim ineffective use of counsel. It is not. I don't think she would ever be able to pull that with these guys. They have done their job. They have. She hasn't given them a single thing to work with. No, she hasn't. I, I think the only place they may run into that is if they start talking about when the transfer from Mark means to the current uh-huh. attorneys happened and some of that, but all of that was well before trial. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. You know, cause she also refused to waive speedy trial. So it's pretty hard to fight the yeah. discovery issues because she got the death penalty off the table for those, mm-hmm. you know, and that was their big win. That was their big victory. Well, and that is exactly what Archibald said in court in Fremont County before the trial started in, mm-hmm. in a hearing we were in that, um, you know, that, that when they can get the death penalty off the table, that they consider a case one. Yeah. Because of the way there is a bias in these death penalty cases, mm-hmm. it's not a matter of guilty or innocent. It's a matter of death penalty or not death penalty mm-hmm. when, when it's charged this way. Yeah. I don't know. 
I, you know, it's a defense attorney there. This is what they say. Mm-hmm. So uh, closing arguments will be on Thursday. We will be in the courtroom for that in the, in the, in the Madison courtroom for that. So here's our loose interpretation of how we believe this will go. We think that the prosecution will likely take all of Thursday or at least a very good chunk of it. Mm-hmm. They have a lot to say. There are so many moving parts that they've got to pull this whole narration, all of these bits and pieces swirling around the jury for the last five weeks. They've got to pull them in tight and braid them together and make them work. Right. That's going to take that a hot minute. Timeline. It is. Mm-hmm. So they're going to take a long time. They have a lot to say. They're not in any hurry. No one's rushing here. No. no one's rushing. They're not in any hurry. They're, they're ahead of. Take, they're ahead on time. Yeah, and they're going to take the take the time it takes. We're going to hear a lot from the prosecution. Mm-hmm. A lot. We might hear from the defense tomorrow too, but I will tell you, I suspect that we'll hear several hours of testimony or of uh, argument from the state, and I think we'll hear about thirty minutes from the defense. I suspect mm-hmm. that their closing arguments will be very short. Yeah. Friday may run into closing arguments briefly mm-hmm. and then jury instruction because yes. one thing you have to know is when they prosecution and the defense uh once they have because then the prosecution gets to come back after the defense does their closing arguments and make one more statement right they get to give a rebuttal by the time that is all done then jury instructions and mm-hmm. jury instructions can be very long and boring and laborious and in this case because of the 404b uh argument that has happened over and over and over and over that is going to be a long laborious process i don't think in my personal opinion that we'll see the jury go to uh deliberation until friday afternoon or monday morning yeah i think you're right i I think you're right because they're going to take their time Mm-hmm. Um, on this. I, I, I agree with you. So, so we'll see. And that's, that's loose, but that's my interpretation of what we're going to see happen here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not done, but a big part of it is done. And the, one it's, of the biggest and best news is that came out today. They're streaming the verdict. We yes. will, be we will stream the verdict. The ver- We'll be here with you guys. They're yep. not streaming it to the viewing room in Madison. Nope. So we'll be here together with you guys and yep. we'll stream it. We'll talk about it. We're going to be here for it. That's what's happening. Back what we used to do before they kicked the cameras out. And then we had yep. to go attend in person and report like we have been for mm-hmm. months and months. <laughs> but it's so nice when we can just stream it and then talk about it after it happens and, you know, yep. right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, it's going to be, it's going to be really good. 404B, sorry, Jessica, I should have explained that. 404B is the rule that you can use a person's past bad acts to help to establish a motive, but you cannot use them to judge their character. And so everything they brought in from Arizona is considered 404B. The state is saying, we're presenting to you a common thread. Yes. The common thread of basically identifying somebody as dark, killing them, and benefiting from them in some way. Right. And that moved on from Charles to the kids to Tammy. And so that 
argument and that uh, of course that objection was made over and over and over and over and the judge knows that he has to be really careful and really clear about what is considered 404b with the jury because that's the thing that could trigger an appeal is if right. the jury is not adequately instructed on how to treat all of the things that they heard out of Arizona. Right. That's super, super important. But this is all, remember Smith, right at the beginning of this trial, mm -hmm. common scheme. Mm -hmm. This is a common scheme between a group of people, some charged and some not, some named and some not named co-conspirators mm -hmm. that conspired to commit these murders for their own gain. And that's as long as they can, they fully have proved that, which I do think they genuinely have. Definitely. Yeah. And and that's what the prosecution will spend their time summing up timeline wise mm -hmm. and refreshing the jury on that, on, mm -hmm. you know, on their memories on all of that and how they've connected it through the phones, mm -hmm. through the text messages, through the GPS, through this, the witness statements, like they've connected it in so many different ways so well, proving that is so important. But yes, then yeah. making sure the jury knows that is motive. That goes to motive. Right. And it isn't all 404B. Right. It isn't. Some of it, I mean, they were working on getting the demons out of Tammy pretty early. There was talk that uh, Tylee had a demon in her from the time, you know, early in the year of 2019. Right. I mean, some of that talk directly applied to Tammy and the kids and mm -hmm. wasn't just Charles, but some of it was, you mm -hmm. know, and so those are the things that the judge has to sort out and right. instruct the jury appropriately. Mm -hmm. Really, really important. But again, that's going to take some time. It is. Yeah. They're going to want to go through all of that, put it together in a very clear timeline so that the jury can follow the thread all the way through. Mm -hmm. Yep. And yes, Cranky, we all have this question. What about Melanie Pulowski? Yeah. What about Melanie Boudreaux Pulowski, who very clearly conspired with them, who yep. participated in the rating of her children dark, who participated yep. in the discussions about the children being taken by God, yep. which I think it's not that hard to understand what that means. Um, and then still we see nothing. We all want to know where her yeah. charges are. We yeah. all want to know. And the thing is, we'd all talked about, oh, maybe she did have a deal. Well, she doesn't have a deal anymore. Right. Because she, she did. She doesn't now. She doesn't now because of the way she handled her uh, witness instructions. That uh, a deal would be pulled at this point. So maybe we mm. will still see charges on Melanie. It's maybe hard to say. Will. I hope we do. She deserves them. She, she absolutely does. deserves them. And she frankly, does. I hope that Brandon is able to take all of this discovery and take her back to court and get full custody of those kids forever. Yes, because I hope she so too. is clearly they have shared not custody safe. right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would not trust her with my children for five seconds. No. no. But once Lori is convicted and all of this is out and her and, you know, all of the things that Melanie was a you know privy to and a part of. I would imagine that Brandon can take that to um, a family court judge and mm -hmm. get uh, what he needs to protect his kids. Yep, absolutely. Now I have to say that last night, after all of our jokes about the storm, 
One of you left a comment on our YouTube that absolutely killed me, and I have to share it. <laughs> she said, a storm in the hand is worth two in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> and I am deceased. <laughs> yes, I, I am as well deceased. That is hilarious. And yes, it is. Very, I, I mean, the puns will be never ending with this yeah. whole storm thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very oh, yeah. good. For sure. Uh, do we believe that Melanie still believes this or just doesn't want to go against Lori? I think she's just scared shitless at this point that she knows that we all know and they all know that she did believe it at one point. And she's very afraid. I'll bet Melanie can hardly function, yeah. honestly. I'll bet she is so screwed up right now and scared and freaked out. I'll bet she can hardly function. I also think that the idea of facing Lori in court scared her half to death. You bet I do. Did. I do believe that's true. You bet. I'm going to tell you guys one more thing. I was thinking about this today. When this is all said and done, I am going to do my best to befriend Lori as a pen pal. <laughs> you are. I real- yes, I am. I realized, <laughs> I realized that I have a pretty good way of connecting with people. Mm-hmm. And just perhaps, and you know, she's not going to connect with like Nate Eaton. She'd kill Nate if she could. Right. Uh, he's burned her house down for the last three years. But maybe a woman, maybe somebody who could connect with her a little bit more gently. Maybe I could create a relationship with her and be able to continue to, uh, I don't know, dig into her head. I don't know why I want to do it, but I'm going to do it. So that's a terrifying thought. A yeah. Terrifying so thought. send stamps. It's happening. It's on like Donkey right. Kong. Right. Yes. Uh, Brandon is not married to her anymore. She is not married to Brandon. Brandon, she and Brandon divorced. She's now married to Ian Pulowski. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if I get converted by her? I'll run everything I get from her through you guys. So you can let me know. Okay. Right. I'm I getting too far is... afield. You can yank me back with some right. reality. Could she have been acquitted or a mistrial declared if the judge had overruled the objection about amending the charges? Well, yeah. Which was scary. Mm-hmm. Um, that was possible. That's rule 29B. Mm-hmm. which says it's called reserving decisions. And it says if a motion for judgment of acquittal is made at the close of all the evidence, the court may reserve decision on the motion, submit the case to the jury and decide the motion either before the jury returns a verdict or after it returns a verdict of guilty or is discharged without having returned a verdict. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing that I find so confusing about all of this. This is not the first time that this issue had been argued. This was argued several times Mm -hmm. leading up to the trial. And the judge sided with the prosecution every time that that didn't need to be amended. Mm -hmm. And then they bring it up today. And then the judge is pissed. I was very confused by that whole thing because we've watched this argument happen before. Mm -hmm. Because John Thomas brought up that the charging that the charges were incorrect that came from he, they tried, the defense tried to force the um, grand jury to have to reissue Mm -hmm. the charges against Lori over that issue. Mm -hmm. And the judge said, no, that that was not necessary. I do recall Wood, I think saying that this could be handled at trial. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what. um, Oh yeah. They've been keeping it in their back pocket. That they have. The rule in Idaho is until the prosecution rests, 
changes can be made to the charge. Right. right. Now, I wasn't really sure why the judge was mad, to be honest. I, I can't imagine he didn't know this was coming. He had to have known it was coming because they yeah. they fought about this before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think Brandon knows about Melanie's being a conspirator? Oh, hell yes, he knows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he should definitely go to family court with this and, and protect he his should. kids from her. He should. And Brandon uh, is well-funded. Uh, like, he'll have no problem doing that. Yeah. Uh, and he it, will do it, too, because he's been very proactive in this whole situation. Mm-hmm. But God damn it, who was driving the Jeep? Who was driving the Jeep? Right? We still don't know. We still don't know. That's driving That's really me crazy. Annoying. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, let's go through what happened today, other yeah. than the biggest news. Mm-hmm. So, interestingly, I thought it was very interesting that they called uh, Nicole Heidemann back. Yeah. The stand. She's an FBI analyst. She had already testified a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought her back specifically questioning her about the James and Elena love story because yes, do, do we have to just keep hearing about this fucking bullshit? <laughs> I never <laughs> want to hear about this story again. This is now we have a whole classification, and I think if this went to Amazon, it would go straight to the top of the list because there's nothing like this on the list. I Gross. What list would you put it under? Psychopath Mormon? Murder? I don't no, know. no, no, no. Mormon. <laughs> Mormon soft Softcore Mormon. erotica. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Gross. What? <Yeah. laughs> That's where the loin fire uh, gets classified. I will say, because dear Darla was in the courtroom for us again today, and she, she said that she figured that these were her words that the prudes in this room were probably dying over this German <laughs> softcore erotica, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious because it is true. It was <laughs> a little more uh, graphic than probably most of them have been exposed to. Probably, but... Uh, or at least would admit to. <laughs> you could sell it at birth, as birth control, right? You really could. Oh, yeah. God, you really could. You really mm-hmm. could. Yeah. So right out of the gate, of course, John Thomas objects to having the PowerPoint that um, Heidemann brought, um, but he's allowing it. Um, with instructions to the jurors that the title is demonstrative and not evidence because it says the James and Elena story, which does actually make it sound like it's fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, except that we know, because they lined up over and over again, the parts of it that were, in fact, real. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, Blake is asking Heidemann about the story. So we kind of get back through a lot of stuff we've already talked about. But that it began on October 26th when mm-hmm. Chad and Lori met at that conference in St. George, Utah, at that Preparing a People conference. Mm-hmm. Chad was a speaker there. Um and that's when they met. And that's when this whole friggin' train wreck ha- started. Uh-huh. Um, and they showed, you know, pictures again of Chad and Lori together at that conference, you know, uh-huh. going back with just the, the physical evidence that we have that, yes, in fact, that is when they met. Uh-huh. Um, and really, damn that conference. Right? Damn it. Yeah. 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 Now, um, it's <laughs> James Google searches Elena in the story. Chad mm-hmm. also Googled Lori in the story. 
about this time. And James authored the story. Chad authored the story. Like they're just making the connections that uh -huh. James and Elena are Chad and Lori over and over and over again, basically. Uh -huh. um, so Chad and Lori went to the Mormon temple on November 16th or 17th, according to temple records. In the story, James and Elena went to the temple in mid-November. So again, very, very similar. Um, in the story, James stayed at Elena's house during the conference. Um, in real life, Chad stayed at Lori's house during that one conference. Uh -huh. um, Blake wanted to know if there were similarities to travel between Elena in the story and Lori in real life. Uh -huh. So Elena travels to James' ho hometown in the story. Lori traveled uh, to Idaho Falls, which is about 30 minutes from Rexburg. So, yeah, same area. Yep. And then James traveled to Arizona to do a podcast with Elena and her friends. And Chad did travel in January to Arizona. Uh, this was January 2019. Um, mm -hmm. And there was a podcast that was posted online that yep. same month that Chad participated in. Yep. And Lori was also in it. So it's, this is not rocket science, but I think it's good to continue to make that connection. Um, she wanted to know if there were descriptions of intimate interactions between James and Elena in the story. God is, aren't there though. Uh -huh. um, so then of course they admit some of the messages from the iCloud account where, you know, they're texting about their intimate interactions uh, again, he renewed John Thomas renews his objection to the messages being admitted. This I don't fully understand because these were Lori's messages. Right. This was coming directly from Lori's iCloud account from Lori's phone. Yeah. And they have proven that into infinitum, really. Mm -hmm. So the first message uh, is from Lori to Bubby, which is apparently something she was also calling Chad, which I think is creepy. Bubby, which is interesting because she also called one of Charles's kids, Bub, yes. when she was texting them about Charles's death. I had the same thought, and so I found that creepy. Mm -hmm. uh, this was on August 9th of 2019. Uh, the text says from Lori, that is pretty incredible. Fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. The fire is definitely burning. I miss you way too much. You have to stop or I might explode. Um Next message from Lori to Chad. The intensity of each encounter in my mind, one greater than the last. Fire emoji, fire emoji, especially this last one. I've never loved you more. It just keeps growing. I don't know if that was talking about Storm or if that was their love. But either way, gross. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Why? Right. <laughs> then Chad to Lori. I completely agree. We were definitely in new territory in your bedroom. Ugh. Chad to Lori, Elena's magic <laughs> hand has gripped the storm. Oh, barely able to breathe as intense waves wash over them. Lori to Chad. Yes, she did. <laughs> These people are so weird. And then Chad to Lori, I love you, Elena. What a wonderful chemistry we share. Fire emoji, fire emoji. Lori to Chad, I love you more. That's so hot. I need you more than ever. Heart emoji, heart emoji. Chad Delore, you are amazing. Please save that segment. I want to read it with you naked and relive it all. Oh. So, yeah, clearly. JR pointed out that that burning is probably just the STDs. I'm afraid so, yes. That sounds more like oh you might need an antibiotic. Yeah. 
gross. But this is, yes. So, you know, they talk about that in the story. Then there's the real text messages that show that. Mm -hmm. So then they take a recess so the prosecutors can talk. And... <laughs> oh, this is funny. In Nate Eaton's notes, he says... <laughs> During the recess, a woman on our row tells me her dog's name is Storm, and this trial has forever ruined it. <laughs> I would change my dog's name. I would. Changing that to Sassy real fast. Right. Yeah. Something. <laughs> Darla said that Lori was very animated today. A lot yeah. of talking and, like, hand gesticulation and stuff that she was very... Um, really talking to Thomas to be a lot. Pretty, yeah, pretty um, keyed up today. Mm-hmm. Um, Blake says they're not going to admit the exhibit that they had planned to admit and that she's done qu questioning the witness. I think she felt mm -hmm. like they had literally done what they came to do. Yeah. And Thomas had no questions for, I hide him and thank God, because can you imagine his playing dumb questions? <sighs> what do you think that those fire emojis meant? I don't know. <laughs> I, I can only imagine. Yeah. So then we get Nick Edwards on the stand, and he is an attorney general investigator. So when things went real sour with Tammy's uh, murder investigation, like that it wasn't one originally, the AG's office stepped in and assisted with the investigation into her death. Yeah. And so he was called in to work specifically on um, Tammy Daybell's death. Mm-hmm. But he also knew about, you know, the, the cases around the kids and the FBI and Rexburg and Madison County and Arizona and, you know, like all everybody being involved, Fremont County, like yeah. he was aware of the whole investigation. Mm -hmm. uh, Edward said that he learned that Tammy was married to Chad and that they were raised in Utah. They had five children and moved to Fremont County, Idaho in 2015. Um, and he learned that she worked at an elementary school as a librarian and technology specialist. And um, he learned later that then Chad did marry Lori. Mm -hmm. He said he also learned that Lori was the connection between Alex Cox and Chad Daybell. Mm -hmm. uh, he learned that Charles and Lori had initiated a divorce in February 2019, but were never divorced. Mm -hmm. And there were never any divorce proceedings initiated between uh, Tammy and Chad. Yeah. Pretty important because, you know, instead of just murdering everyone, you could have just got a divorce. Just saying. Um, but no, that's not these. This is not what exalted beings do, I guess. I um, it's hard to imagine. It is. Why they didn't just get divorces if they didn't want to be together anymore. They built this. Because the money gigantic delusion but yeah it is it's the money but you think about Lori. Lori was a hairdresser uh before she was with charles after that i don't she never had to work you know mm -hmm. no. and i think that she didn't want to work and also thought she was above working being this goddess and all chad also really didn't work tammy was the breadwinner so they both if they were both going to kill the breadwinners apparently right. they were going to have to find a way to profit off of that so that they right. wouldn't have to work so they couldn't just get divorced yeah. because then they'd also have to get jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So Edwards talked about reviewing the messages where Chad urges Tammy to take a trip to Utah to see her parents. 
just a few weeks before Tammy died. Now he put something together here that I had never put together before. October 3rd is when um, the text messages are Chad, Deloria, good night, Angel Lily. So excited to go on our date, fire emoji. Remember the date that she was mad about because they couldn't actually go on it? Uh-huh. That was October 3rd. Uh-huh. On October. She wanted 4th. a real date. Yeah. With a married man. Yeah. So, you know, he's texting gross stuff like at 4:20 in the morning, dreaming of caressing you in your bed. I adore you and Sholo. It was I don't you heart emoji. Well, October 4th, so the next day is when Chad urged Tammy to visit her family in Utah. So the whole reason for that trip was so that he could go on a date with his dumb girlfriend. Mm-hmm. That's so gross. Yep. I had not put those dates together until today. Because mm-hmm. we've wondered, like, was that so that she had a chance to see her family before she died? Like, why did he do that? That's because old Lori was pissed that they couldn't go on a date. Mm-hmm. Gross. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So then, of course, the attempted shooting of Tammy happened on October 9th of 2019. Um, And then she was killed 10 days later on October 19th. So Edwards did review the... I want to say, I want to call it the Homer J. Minimus account. <laughs> I don't like Maximus. <laughs> I don't want to say that. Uh, okay, link call it that. The Homer J. Minimus account that linked to Alex. Um, he said that the device visited Sportsman's Warehouse in Idaho Falls on the day of the attempted shooting. Um, Edwards never found any connection between Alex and Tammy, personally, because there wasn't one. No. No. Uh, let's see. So then they argue some more about um, a presentation that Edwards wants to bring in. Thomas objects, says the presentation is cumulative and a rehash of things that have already been said by other people. Uh, Well, we've been hearing that through this entire trial. I mean, they are doing that from absolutely every angle. Um, Boyce says the exhibit will be allowed as a demonstrative, demonstrative exhibit, not as evidence. So basically as a, here's the timeline and the, Thing, but not as actual evidence itself. Uh, turns out no one could see it. <laughs> so Edward describes what's on it. So between 9.12 a.m. and 2.28 a.m. on October 9th to the 10th, there were 90 calls, 90 calls between Alex, Chad, Zulema, and Lori. Mm-hmm. This is when the the attempted shooting happened. Chad and Alex were texting texting each other all day, and their Mm -hmm. devices were actually together in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And there were four messages between Alex and Chad that were sent the night of October 9th, so Mm -hmm. after the shooting. So hella extreme Mm -hmm. communication going on there. Yeah. Uh, Let's see... 
Then um, there's a, there's some slides that break down these 90 calls between Alex, Chad, Lori, and Zulema on October 9th and 10th. Chad and Alex were communicating between 8.28 p.m. and 9.29 p.m. the night of October 9th. This would have been during and right after the time Tammy Bell, Daybell was shot at. She was shot at right around 9. So they were talking before and after that attempt. Uh, let's see. They showed some images of the Daybell property. Uh, Edwards had learned that Tammy usually parked al along the long driveway at the back of the property and that she would enter through the back door. Uh -huh. um, on the night of the shooting, get this. This is interesting. She parked in front of the house. Which wow. was different. This is not what she... So she didn't park where Alex was expecting her to be parked. Interesting. Yeah. I did not know that till today. Huh. Then they show in... Yeah. So that might have been part of what threw him off. Because he thought he was going to be at the back of the house where he would be... It, he would be more shielded. Mm -hmm. And now he's in front of the house right there at the highway. Yeah. Interesting. That might have had something to do with him being a bad yeah. shot? I don't know. So then they show an image of the Grendel AR uh, gun that he used. Um, Edwards uh, has used AR rifles in military and in law enforcement. He is a certified sniper and has completed long-distance sniper courses. So if there was a guy to ask about this shooting, it was this guy. Yeah. Uh, he said that a paintball gun is what Tammy originally reported. Mm -hmm. He said that a paintball gun and an AR could resemble each other if the base of the weapon looks similar. And there are lots of paintball guns that do look like that. Mm -hmm. And the hopper, which is the thing on top that you put the paintballs in, could be mistaken for a scope. Especially yeah. if you weren't expecting someone to be pointing an AR at you. You know, yeah. I would imagine most people would probably go to what they're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then they talk about the email that Tammy sent to her son, Mark, while he was on his mission in Africa. Um, Edwards also spoke with neighbors about paintball guns. This was interesting because originally the, the defense was mad when they were talking about this initially because the police had not done an investigation to see if there was anybody else around that it could have been. Mm hmm besides that one kid that they had talked about. Well, he talked about, he went to the neighbors and talked about paintball guns. None of the neighbors had any. Um, and he did some, you know, he mm -hmm. spoke with people in the area and reviewed reports to see if there'd been any other incidents and stuff. So he did it actually investigate that. Mm -hmm. So we know that he ruled out that it could have been anything else other than what we yeah. know it was. Sure. Um, then on Homer J. Minimus, they found the search for the Grendel drop, yeah. you know, about like how far the bullet drops, depending on distance and what adjustments you need to make with the scope mm -hmm. and your target and stuff. Yeah. And, and scopes were recovered in Lori's garage, as was the gun. So then Blake wants to admit a timeline that Edwards created. <laughs> Thomas objects to that exhibit. Um, but voice does allow it for demonstrative purposes. So the first slide is a timeline of October 9th, 2019 from 5 p.m. to 12.28 a.m. So the attempted shooting happened around 9.15, and then it's showing all the calls and texts along with, get this, a casting 
that Zulema and Lori performed that day. They were performing a casting on Tammy roughly the same time as the attempted shooting. My God. Yeah. When the Fremont County deputies were on scene at the Davell's house, there are texts between Alex, Lori, Chad, and Alex and Chad and Lori. Um, At 10.42 p.m., the deputy leaves, and there is then a 38-minute phone call between Alex and Zulema. Wow. And then the next morning, there are messages between Alex and Zulema. Mm -hmm. Uh, The casting was being done the night of that attempted shooting. Uh, Homer J. Minimus searched for how to clean an AR and searched for what a Grendel AR might do through the windshield of a Dodge Dakota, which is what Tammy drove. Yeah. I mean, can that get... horrifies me. Right? That thought of shooting her as she was driving, shooting yeah. her through the front windshield the of windshield. her car. Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. Uh, so then there's another exhibit. This is the timeline and the events of October 18th through the 19th. Uh, Thomas objects to the timeline, says Lori was nowhere in the area, so she has nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah, right. Lori yeah. was in Hawaii, October uh-huh. 18th to 19th. But yep. it shows text messages and location activity between 6.13 p.m. and 12.35 a.m. There are texts between Lori and Chad, Alex and Chad, and Alex and Lori. She yep. did not have to be there physically to participate in the murder. Yep. So the night that Tammy died, and this is this horrifies me, they got very specific on some timeline stuff we have never heard before. So Tammy's phone was active and she was playing games at 10.22 p.m. Mm-hmm. At 11.28 p.m., a JPEG is deleted from her phone. Mm-hmm. And there are then texts between Chad and Lori. And then at 11.46 p.m., Alex is leaving the LDS church parking lot near Chad's house. Mm-hmm. And then Alex calls Lori and they talk from 11.53 to 12.09 a.m. Lori texts Zulema at 12.10 a.m. And then Chad texts Lori at 12.35 a.m. Yeah. So what do you suppose was happening during that time period? Yeah. Tammy <clears throat> was playing on her phone and then they killed her. So Tammy was likely awake. Yeah. I was trying to say that to my husband this morning, and I said, Tammy was alive when they killed her. (laughs) Oh, God. He said she was what now? And I said, she was alive. And he's like, well, I would assume so. And I went, what did I say? Oh, awake. God damn it. Awake. Awake. Yeah, she was awake. We were hoping. We were hoping that she would have been drugged and asleep and maybe just slipped away and not really know what was happening to her. Hell no. She was laying in bed playing on her phone like a lot of people do before they go to bed. Yeah. And suddenly her game stopped. Yep. And never started back up. And what was the JPEG deleted from her phone? Yeah. We don't know what the image is. They can't Mm. get it back. We have no idea. Yeah. But... It appears that after she died, something was deleted from her phone. Yep. Nobody was home, Victoria. Nobody yeah, was at, home. They killed her point. before Garth came home. Yes. She was dead before he ever got home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was horrifying because that clarified something that we did not know before. Yeah. 
Yep. Uh, so then there's a slideshow. Oh, a slide showing the messages between Chad and Lori on the morning of October 20th. Yeah. Uh, Lori to Chad, I am missing you more. I need you desperately. I can't wait. Lori to Chad, need you to hold me tight. That would be great. What about the idea of you coming here or do you want me to come there? His wife has been dead a day. She tried to get him to come to see her in Hawaii before Tammy's funeral. Yeah. Ugh, gross. Now, Chad to Lori, the apartment is haunted. I need to be here to sort out the financials. Please come home Thursday so we can spend the night together. I seriously want you to look for a condo for us there uh, that we can return to at the first of the month. I, what apartment is this? I don't know. There was talk of that. We heard about this yesterday, too. Well, same yeah. text, I'm sure. But I'm not sure whose apartment they were talking about. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, then Lori to Chad, I know exactly where we should be. I don't care where we are as long as we're together. And then Chad and Lori discussed the Lily workout plan that was we talked about this yes. yesterday. Gross. Chad be trying to turn into Fabio. Yeah. Yeah. And then they go back and forth about being lovesick and consumed with each other. And then Chad Delory, I'm feeling sad, but it isn't for the reason everyone thinks. Can you imagine what his children must be thinking and feeling after yesterday and today? I, if they're watching, paying attention, I can't imagine they're not. I, I'm sure they are. They'd horrified, have to be, but horrified. Brokenhearted because I mean it's so clear, so clear uh, what happened, what went on here. Oh my um, gosh! Then that, more that comment about that I'm sad, but not for the reasons people think. Right, Chad, plead guilty. Yes, you trash. Fremont you... County does not deserve to have to spend another seven million dollars. Right, or whatever it'll be. Probably not that much this time because the investigating's already done. But right, the public does not deserve to have to pay for your trial for these fucking antics right when you are guilty and yeah. you know you're guilty and there is no way you are getting out of this in no. any capacity no no and to have to put everyone through this again especially your kids yeah trash Ugh. so then there's some more texts from that same morning october 20th what's your agenda today Lori to chad Chad Delory need to meet with the mortuary today. Uh, yeah, his wife died yesterday. Yeah. Um, I hope to be able to talk after I can get my parents to go home. You know, his parents yeah. there to support him because his wife has died. I his whole family has got his to just wife meet of thirty his years fucking guts has died. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they, you know, then lots of messages back and forth over the next few days, missing each other and craving each other and lots of heart emojis. Mm -hmm. Gross. This is the vomit emoji. Blech. Yeah, that's what okay. I feel. Um, <laughs> Edwards uh, then says that he knows about the two life insurance policies that Tammy had and that they both did pay out and that Chad got that money, uh, that Chad and Lori got married on November 5th, 2019. And then Edwards was also involved in the search at the Daybell property on June 9th when the children's bodies were found. Uh, he was assigned to search under a tree on the north side of the property. And so, you know, they kind of go back over where JJ's body was found. Um, 
And so he was part of the, you know, there was um, Agent Hart and him, I think, that, you know, noticed the change in the ground and, and found JJ's grave. Yeah. And Which, by talked- the way, one more time, huge props to Agent Hart. Yes. Agent my Hart was a friggin' rock God, star. he has been good. Yeah. yeah. He has. But honestly, Edwards, too, because Edwards just clarified a bunch of things mm-hmm. about Tammy's murder that we did not know. Yep. These guys yep. are amazing. Yep. So, of course, he talks about finding the rocks under the dirt and the boards and all that. And how they find JJ's body. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he sifted through the dirt and dug with his hands. And that he um, says the lead FBI agent cut a hole in the bag when he was there, when they discovered that it was JJ. Mm -hmm. Um, This poor guy, he said, my experience after that was a flood of emotion that we found him and thoughts of my own son, who was the same age. And Mm -hmm. he kind of choked up over that. It's a great representation of what all of the law enforcement agents that were involved in recovering the kids went through. Trauma, horrible Horrible trauma. trauma. Yeah. 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 So then Thomas cross-examines, uh, you know, of course, goes through his professional background again, because I don't know why we have to keep doing this. But before he worked as a police officer, he was campus security at ISU, um, asks which universities he attended, which for his degrees. And then he's asking about the timeline and exhibit and the text messages between Alex, Chad, and Zulema. Uh, He asks what the texts were about. He says, I don't know what all of them were about. We don't have the content for some of them. Burner phones. um, He said they could have been talking about going to lunch or going to dinner or any number of things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. And it was like, correct. But, you know, within context here, we know bullshit. Mm -hmm. So one of you asked why we don't have uh, those texts. You know, the ones that happened at some of these critical times. It's because those were the texts that were on burners. Yep. Not all uh, agencies, cell phone agencies uh, or companies hold on to texts for any period of time. Right. And these little burner companies don't. And so it's why we don't have all of them. Right. Lori stopped using her iCloud accounts, Lori for Style and Lolly Time, at the end of November when they ran... Mm -hmm. Because they police, because they knew the police knew what they were up to. Mm-hmm. We don't have much after though. After that, they lost a lot of stuff, and they had been using burners during the times of some of the murders and stuff too. So, yeah. Um, Thomas wanted to know if he spoke with the specific kid that Tammy had mentioned. Maybe was the one that shot at her. He said he didn't know who that kid was because there was no name. Yeah. Uh, but he said he did speak with some of the neighbors. Um, Thomas wanted to know if he actually handled the AR. Uh, he said it's a lot heavier than your average paintball gun. Mm-hmm. Edwards says it is. Yeah, but Tammy wasn't holding it. Right. Uh, How would she know? She saw it in the dark. And also, she might not know that anyway. Right. Do you really think Tammy had been out shooting a Grendel? No. She hadn't. Mm-mm. She didn't, wouldn't have known. I thought was Probably a hadn't been shooting a paintball gun either. Uh, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. then he wants some clarification on some of the points on the timeline. Uh, he talks about Alex arriving at the LDS church near Chad's house and asks about geofencing. Edwards says he isn't sure about geofencing and got his information from the cast report. 
Yeah. Thomas asks from a side for a sidebar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem with that is that someone else already testified to that geofencing, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, a, a different agent testified to that. Yeah. Um, so they have a sidebar for a minute, and then he says he doesn't have any further questions. Mm-hmm. So then um, Blake redirects. Um, she asks if other investigators prepared data that Edwards then reviewed. He said yes. Yeah. Um, Blake said if a firearm jams or misfires, would there be any kind of sound? Edwards says a number of things could happen. Blake asks if he found Alex Cox's device at or near the residence on October 9th, 2019. He says, yes, they did. Now, a couple of notes on the whoosh. Yes. The whoosh has, it's been whoosh gate, right? The whoosh and the click, right? The whoosh and the click and the can you have the click and not the whoosh? Or can you have the mm-hmm. whoosh and the click? What right. if it doesn't whoosh? Okay, a couple of things to bear in mind with that. Uh, he did finally say that if the bullet whizzed past her ear, she may have heard a whoosh. Right. Terrifying thought. Uh, but the other thought about that is that Alex basically made a silencer. Because right. silencers in Idaho, there's a waiting period. Yeah. If you can get one. them. Yeah. It's, it, you can't just go buy one. He researched how to make the little silencer thing that he did and drilled the gun and put that on it. That's fine. But... Alex sucked with all this stuff. He sucked with the guns. He didn't really know what he was doing. You know, he was the warrior king, but he had no idea what he was doing. And right. so is it possible that whatever silencer thing he built and put on here wasn't very effective? Right. I, or I feel like fouled up the gun and made it so that it wouldn't fire. Right. Right. Exactly. So I, I think it's an interesting conversation about uh, the gun. I also I'm kind of amazed that they've gotten away with continuing to call the gun an AR because it wasn't an AR. And this is, we've had a few notes from some of you guys that uh, understand right. guns uh, better than we do. And uh, we're not complete gun ninnies, but we're not uh, super well. They're calling either, it, but... they're, they call it AR style. And we know that AR does not stand for assault rifle. We understand that. Right. It's... But it is kind of become slang for semi-automatic mm-hmm. rifles. Or so, an AR style that look the same. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this the gun was actually an Alexander Arms Grendel. That yeah. was the name of the gun. Uh, an AR is an Armalite. They're two different kinds of guns. Uh, two different makers of guns. But they have that aggressive look. And mm-hmm. that's what they're talking about. But I've been kind of surprised to hear them continue to get away with calling it that. Because that's not what it is. But Right. Know. I think that that has become slang for yeah. uh, semi-automatic rifle. In, mm-hmm. in our country, whether people like that or not, it, it has become that. Yeah. Right. Paula, oh. did it mess up the bullet trajectory? And is that why he missed? Right. Or, you know, or did the why... gun even fire at all? Mm-hmm. It was yeah, a rifle. It was a rifle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a shotgun, but it was a rifle. Yeah. Um, yeah. We need a T-shirt for the word voluminous. You're right. We genuinely do. <laughs> that would be hilarious, actually. The thing yeah. is, though. You know, they never found any bullet casings. The The deputy did look the night that this happened. And then they did go back and look a couple of other times. They never found anything. Yeah, um, but don't you think Chad would have scooped those up? Probably, yeah. But the deputy may, but the deputy maybe not. I mean, after that deputy left, possibly. But before, I kind of doubt it. I don't know. Yeah, You're right, though, Kendrick. You're right, Rose. It, it would have been ironic if the gun misfired due to the homemade silencer and he just shot himself. 
Mm-hmm. That would have saved a lot of heartache for a lot of people. Right? Yeah. For sure. So then um, they release Edwards from the stand. He's done. Uh, they have a sidebar, so they all leave the courtroom with the judge. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lori's just writing in her notepad again. I would just give $1,000 to see what that notepad actually looks like. Mm-hmm. Everybody was kind of standing around just waiting so that's uh, that puts it up to 61 witnesses that they've called. So when they come back, they say they're going to break for lunch. But there are some issues that need to be taken up outside of the jury. So they admit, yeah. dismiss the jurors. Um, then after lunch, they come back into the courtroom. Boyce is on the bench. Um, Boyce had some questions about the exhibits. Just wanted to make sure they'd all been admitted properly. This is when Blake brings up that there's a clerical error in the indictment and she would like to get it corrected and submit an amendment to the court. The defense and Boyce are not aware of the error. I don't know. I thought this was the thing they'd already argued about. Maybe it isn't. Maybe this is something else. So they left the courtroom again. Um, The poor jury, man. I hope they wore their tennies and ate their Wheaties today. They were in and out and in and out and in and out. They were, yeah. Uh, so then they go out and talk for a few minutes and then they come back. So Boyce comes back and he says the state is preparing to rest, but has brought up two issues. One issue is to argue an amendment or alteration to the indictment in this case. Mm-hmm. So this is Wood. He says he wants to amend some clerical errors on two of the counts, 3A and 4A, were inadvertently mismarked. So Archibald asks to look at the amended indictment. He says the indictment that was filed here and signed by a grand jury foreman on May 25th, 2021, two years ago, it has not been amended for two years. We have requested the, the amendment as her defense team, right? This is Archibald. Mm -hmm. That's been denied. And now the state is asking to amend it two years later. And Idaho code indicates an amendment of an indictment cannot be amended. So by changing the code sections of the statutes, their proposal is to change the code sections from grand theft with intent to deprive another to grand theft by depiction. Oh, so this isn't the thing they were arguing about before. This is something else. They didn't like that the conspiracy charges and the grand theft charges were combined in one charge. Right. That was the thing they were mad about. That was this is that they were remember confused about yes and the prosecution was like nobody's confused but you right the judge agreed and that's what i thought they were talking about today but no they she they actually charged her with the wrong form of grand theft Mm -hmm. uh he says these are different charges they're not just mere clerical errors uh he says this is a big deal and he's concerned about making the change this does affect the substantial rights of my client and if that's the case, this error is fatal. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, I know the defense is always going to make it a big deal, but even if they right. dropped the grand theft charges right. that was altogether, fine, throw them out. That's not really the problem. That the would not be a big problem. she's going to get on the grand theft charges is a few years. Who yeah. cares? So Woods said Lori was charged by with grand theft by deception mm-hmm. and argues there was an error in the indictment with the lettering. So it says grand theft with the intent to deprive another rather than deception. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So Boyce says that Idaho law does allow for minor changes to the indictment before the state rests. Mm -hmm. But he was annoyed. And Darla said that. He was pissed. Mm -hmm. He said the timing of this is sort of unbelievable for the number of prosecutors who have worked this case for so long. Mm -hmm. It's not something that came up until the end of the trial. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of motion that clearly the court doesn't like having all of our jurors sitting around waiting for us. This could have been done by motion at any point before now. Mm -hmm. Um. But ooh, people were worried. Yeah, people but were I mean, very worried that somehow this was going to uh, just ruin everything. And I'm going, oh, this is only on that, what, right? What, if it's only it, on the grand theft charges, that's nothing. Yeah. That's nothing yeah. compared to this other stuff. Yeah, they also had to change the word "month" because it was listed as "months" in the indictment, so that was just a typo. Mm -hmm. uh, because the language of the indictment does include mm -hmm. deception in the caption. And in the charging language, uh, rather than in the citation, that's where the error was made. The right. court would find the indictment may be amended. Mm -hmm. So he permits the change. I mean, it truly was a tiny thing. It, it, it really was. Yeah. However, and, and this is what he said. He said, with this large team of prosecutors right. over this much time, we couldn't deal with this before now. Agreed. Right. And my God, I'll tell you who else agreed. And that is little Marky Means. He, <laughs> I'm sure he did. Was he out there boy, just tweeting his thumbs off? There had to have been smoke coming out of those thumbs by the time he was done today. He tweeted his fool head off about that all is of funny. this. You can't imagine. Yep. Yeah. Um, what isn't grand theft about cars? Well, grand theft auto is, but grand yeah. theft is the theft of anything over a thousand dollars, worth yeah. over a thousand dollars. But that's hilarious because it's so yeah. minor. Even if they just dropped the grand theft charges altogether, we still would have, yeah, been fine here. I think. Yeah, Mark Means here for the encore. Maybe after this is all over, we need to have a whole episode just of screenshots from Mark Means on Twitter because he's been right? killing me. Oh yeah. my god. Uh, so then Blake says they bring the jury back in and Blake says there are no more witnesses. The state rests. So yeah. then Archibald wants to make a motion outside the presence of the jury. <laughs> Poor jury had just got there. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. So the judge basically is like apologizing to the jury over and over. We're very sorry. Please. Uh, Please yeah. don't get, what did you tell them? Please don't get discouraged. <laughs> yes, yes. Because I'm, I'm sure they were like, what the hell is going on? And he said that he told them that it's kind of common for this stuff to happen at the end of sure. the trial. Um, so they get sent back out. Um, let's see. And then the jurors will be brought back in when it's done. So then Archibald, Rule 29 provides for a mechanism for the court to review the evidence that's been submitted and determine mm -hmm. if there's been sufficient evidence on each count to proceed to the jury. Rule mm -hmm. 29, we are asking the court to review the evidence and determine if there is sufficient evidence on each count, including overt acts, to submit the matter to the jury. Mm -hmm. So this is pretty standard for a defense attorney to ask the judge to review the oh, evidence yeah. to determine... Did they actually make their case or not? Mm -hmm. um, Archibald, if the court needs time to review, we're not opposed to the court taking that time. This is um, them doing their job, yeah, right? It this is. is them. This, these are the reasons why 
we are not going to get any kind uh, the the idea of them being able to or Lori being able to file for ineffective use of counsel is so implausible because they have done their job mm -hmm. uh, in many, many ways that, for example, Chad's attorney has not done. Right. And this is one of them. Yeah, it is. This always happens. You know, they they're always going to ask for in hopes that the judge will decide that they didn't mm -hmm. make their case. So this is what 404, or sorry, 404B, I'm still stuck on it. This is what Rule 29A says. Before submission to the jury, after the prosecution closes its evidence, or after the close of all of the evidence, the court on defendant's motion or on its own motion must enter a judgment of acquittal of any offense for which the evidence is insufficient to sustain a conviction. If the court denies a motion for a judgment of acquittal at the close of the prosecution's evidence, the defendant may offer evidence. Do you hear that? Mm -hmm. If the court denies a motion for a judgment of acquittal at the close of the prosecution's evidence, the defendant may offer evidence. Right. Didn't happen. If the court mm -hmm. dismisses an offense, the court must consider whether the evidence would be sufficient to sustain a lower or conviction on a lesser included offense. Yeah. So Blake says, you know, that they believe they've presented everything they needed in, to yeah. support all elements of the indictment. Uh, the yeah. case is ready to submit to the jury at the close of the defense's arguments. Yeah. So she asks Boyce to deny Rule 29. Mm -hmm. um, Archibald, if we do not present any evidence, then that issue would be moot in any event. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, let's see. So Boyce says everyone needs to leave the courtroom except Lori and her defense team so they can meet privately because while the judge is thinking about that, they want some time to talk to Lori because they're, they've got to decide now, are they going to present anything or not? Yep. Um, so everybody has to leave. Right. They have no other, this killed me. They don't have any other secure meeting place for the defense to meet with their witness or their, uh, with their client that they have to clear the entire courtroom. Right. And make everyone stand out in the hall and wait around for them to have a 15 minute meeting in yeah. the courtroom. Yeah. Really? Nowhere else in that whole big courthouse. Right. I know that was odd, but maybe it's, it's a pain to move her. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know. So um, when they got back in the courtroom, Nate Eaton said that Lori had a big smile on her face when they walked mm -hmm. in. Um. So Boyce says he's taken Rule 29 under advisement. Archibald says we don't believe the state has proved its case. So the defense will rest. Mm -hmm. uh, that's when the judge tells Lori she has the right to exercise her Fifth Amendment right mm -hmm. to not testify and that she cannot be compelled to testify. Mm -hmm. And he asks if it's her decision to not testify. And she says yes. Mm -hmm. Remember, the Fifth Amendment is the right to not self-incriminate. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, so. Darla said, she said, yes, Your Honor, meekly. Yeah. Meekly. Ah, meekly. Yeah. yeah. So now they're dismissing the jurors. <laughs> Poor jurors. They got the workout. You're right. Yes. Uh, so tomorrow, Wednesday, a judge will meet with the defense and the prosecutors to get the jury instructions put together and then closing arguments will start Thursday morning. 
So technically tomorrow, the courthouse, the, the streaming rooms will be open. We're yeah. not going to go. It's just there There will be some parts of their conversations that may be streamed. There will be some parts that aren't. It seems like a real waste of time to go tomorrow. So we're not going to go. We're going to save all of our energy so we can all go on Wednesday or on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Yep. So between all of our texting thumbs, we should be able to get a pretty decent uh <laughs> A synopsis of what's going on in opening or in closing arguments. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because we will definitely be there. Um, it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm not worried. I really wonder what she's smiling about. I don't know. Cause they, cause they told her that they are going to say that they don't think that the prosecution has proved their case. Mm -hmm. And so they're not going to present a defense. Mm -hmm. And, well, uh, we know Missy that she wants, yeah, sorry, Missy said she's delusional and probably thinks she's going home soon, but what home is the question? Good question. She doesn't have one, mm -hmm. but we know that uh, from her time at Madison before she uh, was moved, she was telling people that her attorneys were going to push for time served. Yeah, she made a big point of that in court, probably the last hearing we had in Fremont County before mm -hmm. the trial started. Mm -hmm. She wanted to make sure that her, she asked her attorneys to make sure that the judge knew that she wanted to be sure to be credited with her time served. Yeah. As though that's all she's going to get here. Oh, honey. Let's talk about the possible conviction. You Let's guys see. aren't going to like it. I'm going to tell you right now. You're not going to be happy. You're going to be happy, but you're not going to be as happy as you could be. And here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Some things that you've got to understand. They put a lot of charges out on the table. They did. They aren't going to get them all. Yeah. Maybe Probably they not. will by some, you know, strike of lightning. I think it's very likely that we're going to see all three conspiracy charges. We'll definitely see the grand theft charge. I don't know that we're going to see murder one. I don't know. I hope so. I think it's much more probable that they'll be able to get that for uh, JJ than they will for Tylee because of the hair and they did not argue against the hair didn't fight the hair at all however right. let's talk about idaho and sentencing so first of all in conspiracy in idaho if here's the definition if two or more persons combine or conspire to commit any crime or offense prescribed by the laws of the state of idaho and one or more of such persons does any act to affect the object of the combination or conspiracy, each shall be punishable upon conviction in the same manner and to the same extent as is provided under the laws of the state of Idaho for the punishment of the crime or offense that each uh, combined to commit. Meaning, okay, she didn't kill Tammy with her own two hands, but she conspired with others to kill Tammy. And so that conspiracy charge carries the same weight as if she had done it herself. Now, going to Idaho code. Good Lord. Third one. Okay. If there's no death penalty on the table for murder one, 
because basically these are all murder one charges or conspiracy to commit murder one charges. Right. If there's no death penalty on the table, which there is not, then she would be punished with life in prison. In Idaho, life in prison is a minimum of no less than 10 years. Now, that's I know the you're the minimum. That's the minimum. I know you're choking right now. Bear with me. That's the minimum. And they would be run consecutively. So let's say all she got were the conspiracy charges. Uh, it would be a minimum of 10 years, which would be 30 years. And the judge can give you more based on the terms of what and conditions of your case. Right. So it doesn't have to be, but you're going to hear 10 years bandied about and it's going to scare you. But that is the minimum. That does not mean that that's what she will get. No. Because a lot of first degree murders get 25 to 25. life without parole. Mm -hmm. So it's up to the judge. Mm -hmm. There's a it's lot of leeway here. A lot. And because of how egregious these crimes were, because of the fact that they were children, because of the fact that there were three murders, all of those things are going to come into play in the judge's decision. So don't lose your minds quite yet. And also mm -hmm. be prepared that they're probably not going to get every charge. It's very right. likely. It's why there's so many. Yeah. So don't be too upset if they don't get all of them. It's likely that they won't. Just mm -hmm. if they do, that's a huge slam dunk. And I hope they do. But I'm, I mean, not, I'm not banking on it. With the murder charges, she didn't have to physically participate in the murder. No. If she aided and abetted, if she encouraged, if she pressured, uh, which she did do all of those things mm -hmm. for the kids, both of them. Yeah. That can, you know, she didn't actually have to physically commit the murder. The, the defense wants you to think that they have to prove that she physically committed it. But that is not what Idaho law says. No. And the judge said that at the beginning, that was part mm -hmm. of the jury instructions at the beginning was that you didn't have to be there if you were aware that it was happening, assisting mm -hmm. in it in some way, pressuring someone, aiding them in some way. Mm -hmm. All of those things are still considered murder. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I, I agree with you that, you know, I mean, it's not often that all of the charges stick. It's why they will charge yeah. somebody with as many things as they can. Mm-hmm. I mean, those grand theft charges are going to stick. I mean, that was proven very clearly. That was an easy slam dunk. Yeah. And the judge will. This will be. So when we talk about the jury instructions, this is the kind of stuff that they're going to clarify very clearly with the jury. What does mm -hmm. conspiracy mean? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Aiding. No, like aiding, like assisting them in some way. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, getting your brother to help kill your boyfriend's wife. Because mm -hmm. you know why Why Alex would do that is because Lori wanted it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I agree, Pam. She thinks she didn't do it. She's, they tried mm -hmm. to set up a bit of an alibi for Lori, you know, like her being in Hawaii. They did. Uh, you know, and things like that. And I agree with you. I still think that she really believes that she's going to get off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the evidence is mostly circumstantial because it is. I, I agree with you. I feel like she still thinks that she's going to get off. I think she's completely insane to think that. But that smirk on her face tells you a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but she's been like that all along. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. So, right. And voice is, he is very uh, straight arrow. Yes. And I do think he'll give as many years as he can. I, oh, I he genuinely will. do. He, yeah, he you know, he's been on this case from the beginning since it went mm -hmm. to district court. And he's heard all of this and he's looked at her, her smirky face through all of these hearings. Mm -hmm. oh. Yep. Yep. Do we think if convicted, she will roll on Chad? That's a good question. No. I don't think she will either. I think she'll go to her deathbed saying she didn't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think she genuinely think believes that. She's not going to roll on Chad because she's still going to have uh, appeals out. Yeah. In Chad, see, Chad's trial right now is tentatively scheduled for June of 2024. Yeah. Can you even effing believe that? Ugh. But, but she's not even going to be sentenced until probably around July or August. Right. There will still be appeals in the fire for her. She won't testify against Chad because she's still got her own shit going. Right. They are not protected from testifying against one another for a few nope. reasons. First of all, they weren't married when the crimes happened. So right. spousal uh, privilege doesn't apply. But in Idaho, as far as the kids are concerned, Idaho spousal or spousal privilege does not apply if we are talking about harm to a child. Right. So they just don't have or, it in any way. Or conspiracy. Mm -hmm. You don't have spousal privilege if you've conspired to commit a crime together. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's true that Melanie's testimony may be used at Chad's. Although I still really think that Chad's team is watching closely to see what happens here. Mm -hmm. Because this evidence that was presented, there was way more physical evidence that would commit, convict Chad than yeah. there was Lori. Oh, my God. Yeah. Chad's paws are all over all of it. Yeah. And the kids were found in his yard, for God's sake. I mean, right. come I mean, on. You can't deny that yes sandy um once she is sentenced arizona can extradite her and they can decide based on what her sentence is here if it is worth it mm -hmm. if she doesn't get enough to last her entire life yeah. then they if can she doesn't get 50 60 75 years before she's eligible for parole arizona will probably go for it it kind of it kind of sucks for the agents there and, and the law enforcement there kind of i mean we know they have their problems, but right. man, they have worked hard to convict her. They have. And if they don't even get to have their, like you said, crack at the apple, yeah. it kind of sucks for them, honestly, because they've worked really hard to get to this point. But I guess they'll just have to take some uh, solace in knowing that she's behind bars forever here. Well, and I'm sure that they will because some of them testified here. They're being credited for their work, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. But we'll see, you know, they'll they'll determine, too, if it's worth it or not. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, yes, we will be in court uh, in Madison on Thursday. Mm -hmm. uh, we are not going to be missing closing arguments for anything. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I've got my alarm set because I'm guessing that plenty of people are going to try and get into Madison on Thursday. So, yes, I've got my alarm set to uh, be ready to push go at exactly 8 a.m. in the morning. Me, too. Me, too. Because, yeah, we don't want to miss a ticket no into that uh you know and then of course the verdict will be live streamed and so as soon as we hear when that will be we'll we'll schedule that and be able to um jump on and, and actually share that one live 
Mm-hmm. When the verdict, when the jury's out, I just don't think the jury's going to be out very long. I mean, mm-hmm. is this going to be like Murdoff fast or? I don't know, because I mean, if they review the evidence, that's not a, that's not a fast process. They'll it's need a day not... just to do that. But I just wonder what their cursory vote's going to look like, because I would imagine most of them are pretty sold. But they also have to go through every one of those charges and decide which ones really fully apply, too. So we'll find out. But when the jury comes back, as soon as we hear, we will post it on Facebook, we will post it on Twitter, and we will get a live stream scheduled. So we'll do it all as... as To give you as much notice as we can. We will do a voluminous amount of posting so that yes, hopefully we everybody knows. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Janet says it's a bummer there wasn't a bombshell piece of evidence. You know, the thing is, Janet, I think there were several and most of them came yesterday. Mm-hmm. Those texts about, uh, you know, are, are, is, are Tammy and JJ at a zero yet? Where's Tylee? Tylee's at a 0.13. Mm-hmm. These are all the, the measurements. Why isn't JJ at a zero yet? Yeah. yeah. And I'm tired of taking care of demons. Can't you just ask God to get this over with already? I think and those were bombshells. Is there a specific plan to get them out of here? Yes. And that was asked more than once. I mm-hmm. think in the minds of the jurors, they're looking for how much did Lori know? Not only did Lori know she was pushing for their deaths. How mad she was at Chad that his wife wasn't dead yet. Uh And like the, the pouting about not being able to go on a date and then him, you know, sending Tammy off to visit family so he could go on a date. She Uh was very actively, you know, pushing for this, but yeah, I know what you mean, Janet, the physical evidence. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we knew there wasn't going to be any because she was really careful she would make sure that her hands were not in this. Mm-hmm. They were protecting the goddess. Yeah. yeah. They were. Yep. They sure were. Yeah. Oh, Lordy. But yeah. how many of you guys, when you heard that everybody uh, rested today, were a little shook? You know who else was shook today? Larry. Poor Larry ended up oh. having to have the EMTs called. Did he? He had such an emotional reaction. Uh, about halfway through the day at uh, today that they actually had to call the EMTs to come check him out. And then they went back to their hotel room to have a rest. Yeah. Poor guy. Jeez. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. And the phone calls, the summer phone call and the Colby phone call. Oh my God. Those also, you cannot count those out. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Right. The comment from Chad about giving them something to scream about when talking about, uh melanie's kids yes yeah yeah awful multiple conversations about intending to cause pain to children Mm -hmm. that was really just gut-wrenching oh my god just unbelievable yep right the prosecution summary is going to be because they're going to line it out in a timeline that i'm excited for it too emily One thing I want to say about the prosecution, when this began, it was Rob Wood and it was Lindsay Blake. Rob Wood Mm -hmm. is the prosecutor for Madison County. Lindsay Blake is the prosecutor for Fremont County. Initially, it wasn't Lindsay. I should back that up. It wasn't. 
Rob was the prosecutor because mm-hmm. Fremont County's prosecutor was on their way out. Right. And they were retiring and they had a new prosecutor coming in who was Lindsay Blake. So Rob was the special prosecutor for Fremont County. Mm-hmm. And we know that they've worked in conjunction this entire time because the murders maybe happened in Madison County and then also in Fremont and Fremont and County and the county line with, you know, Chad and Tammy's house and all of those things we know. But I, I have been so impressed with Lindsay Blake. Oh, so yeah. impressed with how she's done. But I also want to say that I've been really impressed that she has been, well, she's had a lot of counsel from Rob and from Rachel Smith. She has been the face of this trial. She has. Now, they've all had lots of turns. They've had mm-hmm. 61 witnesses on the stand. They yeah. have all had good turns. I've been really impressed, though, that they have kind of stayed out of Lindsay's lane. I'm impressed that they didn't just have Rob just take the whole thing over and the women just defer to him. That's not how this has been at all. Mm-mm. Lindsay's been in the driver's seat. Now, again, mm-hmm. she's had a lot. She's had training wheels the whole time. She's had a lot of help. Mm-hmm. Rachel Smith, uh, I mean, for the mistakes the prosecution definitely has made, I have been very impressed with Rachel. I think oh, the way she is on the stand is really, really effective. The way she can talk to witnesses is amazing. Yeah, Lindsay's 36 years old. Yeah. And she is going to get major convictions here. Yeah. Not once, but twice in all of this. And I think she has done an amazing job, especially because her dad died in the middle of this trial and she has just kept on. I think she deserves major credit for what she has done. Now, have they made mistakes? Oh yeah, they've made mistakes. They've never, ever had something like this come across their desks. and. The amount of evidence, the amount of issues, like there's a lot of things here that, uh, you know, could have been done differently. But I've just been impressed with a lot of things. But honestly, and as much as I like Rob Wood, because I do, I think he's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that Lindsay has been able to still drive this bus. Yeah, yes. mm-hmm. I suspect I was really glad today that she was the one that said that the state rests. Yeah. And I suspect that she will be the one delivering closing arguments. She delivered I the opening. She did. And she absolutely killed that opening oh, argument. Yeah. She was excellent. She was. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Let's so. see. Yep. Uh, also, an interesting note, something that I found in the uh, filings for Chad. Last oh. week, prior filed... To have that hearing of Chad's televised. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Was denied. And instead, the uh, audio was re- provided after, mm-hmm. just like it. But he filed for that. He has been on team video and live stream the whole time. Yeah. And he will push for that for Chad's trial. Mm-hmm. Which I think yeah. is pretty interesting. But I thought it was interesting that even for that, he asked for that to be televised. Yeah. Interesting. Just for their status hearing. Because I'm afraid we're going to have to go back to going to Fremont County Court. That's the thing. We're not done because we've still no. got Chad. We won't One be done for a long time. thing to consider and think about? Sentencing. Yeah. Where's it going to happen? 
Right. I'm thinking it's going to happen at Ada. I will think so. I think so because I uh, think they're going to keep Lori there. Our understanding from the Madison County Jail is that they did not anticipate she'd be coming back there. Yeah. So either in the next few months until sentencing, she will stay in the Ada County Jail. We think that's what will happen, but she'll just stay in Ada. Or maybe they'll move her to their, they have a transfer facility where they evaluate inmates to decide where best to put them, which prison to put them in. Mm -hmm. There's two women's prisons in Idaho. So it's possible that they'll move her there for this period so they can evaluate her and start deciding where she's best suited or she'll stay in Ada. Those, that's our best guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if they don't televise, we'll start driving our way up to St. Anthony again and go into Fremont County. Go to his hearings. Mm -hmm. And be very careful not to point our phone at the judge. <laughs> very careful. Yeah. But you're, I think you're right, Moonbeam, that, that, that there's not much reason to not televise his stuff. No. Because what are they tainting now? Well, I guess, but they could consider they're tainting the jury on his case, too. But after but, all of this... But by then, the jury will be chosen. So what would it matter? Right. That Well, that's true. If they televise his trial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is a career maker for Blake. Absolutely. And she has yeah. been so strong. Yeah. Just very, very proud of her and impressed by her. Yep. Yeah. Her deputy too, Tanya Rawlings, has been fantastic. She's been great. Yes. Yep. Well, I have, and the other, uh, what was the other Madison guy? Uh, um, Rammel. Rammel. Mm -hmm. He did a great job too. They've you done bet. very well. Mm -hmm. In in a lot of ways, they've definitely made some mistakes, but oh yeah, they've done some. They they have been extremely <laughs> thorough. They've learned some things mm -hmm. to try out on Chad. You know, <laughs> they really have. They they really have. And Chad's case, of course, is still. <laughs> a death penalty case so yeah yeah absolutely it will be interesting to see if they keep rachel smith aboard well i mean the reason they brought her on was to consult for death penalty so i, I would assume they will they probably will they probably will it's uh cost a chunk of change to keep rachel here mm -hmm. uh and maybe she won't be here for a while until they go back to trial but Right. Uh, I was thinking about that the other day that uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm with you. They probably will. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what we know. So, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow night for case updates, which will be Actual about case other updates. cases. What? We'll finally talk about the Stotch conviction. Yes, because yeah. that he is finally going down mm -hmm. on all four counts. Right. Talk about the West trial. We'll have other stuff to talk about for mm -hmm. sure. But yeah, who can't not talk about Mrs. Tisha Stout because holy shit. Whew. Yeah. So we will be here at seven tomorrow night for what might be a little bit more normal of our content, which is just we're going to cover some other cases. What? We're going to have to do some research because I got to tell you, I haven't, been, I haven't been paying much attention. Haven't really had the time. I was thinking I haven't looked up anything about Nick Alavertian for like a month. Right. Oh, but didn't something happen with him? I saw something about it. Uh, there was, uh, well, finally, mainstream media is finally picking some stuff up about him. Yeah. Now, I just want to say this. When you guys start watching stuff on mainstream media about Nick Alavertian, don't forget 
that you heard it here first you a did. long time We've ago. We've been talking about this moron for a couple a of years. hot minute, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ever since he got <laughs> discovered while he was on a ventilator with COVID. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah. So we will bring you all of that tomorrow, and then we will be in the courtroom again on Thursday for closing arguments. So okay. as always, thank you for joining us and being part of this with us. Obviously, this case means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. And we just want to see justice served for yes. these members of our own community who were killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can support us by going to truecrimesquad.com. It's much appreciated. If you do, we love you. If you don't, we love you. It's not expected, but it is appreciated. Sure. And we will be back tomorrow night. So you know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Take care. Thank you.